Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back in. We got Coach Mealy, who is the special teach coordinator at Mississippi State. I wore the wrong shirt. I have the Mike Leach shirt, and I didn't put it on. I'm so sorry. But, Coach, thanks for being here. No, shoot, I appreciate that. Rest in peace to the Pirate, man. Yes. I I have that shirt, and I was like, I'm going to wear it today. And then I panicked and was just rushing around. I didn't put it on. Damn it. All right, but yeah. <laughs> but, Coach, I appreciate you being here, especially because everybody's about to get ramped up here. Uh, with football um how's the summer been for you guys going into a new year uh you know new head coach and or not new head coach new new position title i should say but how's the summer been for you guys going into the fall yeah it's different i tell you without uh without coach leach i've been up to coach leach for 11 years man so without him i know a lot less about current events and uh <laughs> my history my history is dwindling and uh you know food places are are evaporating that kind of stuff so <laughs> a lot more football this offseason I, I would say man so it's been good it's been good and, and it's good to have a little familiarity with some of the coaches on staff still kind of taking over and uh um, those guys kind of just kind of picking up where they left off but we got a good core nucleus of guys hard workers and they're they're pretty old as far as uh and how many letters they've earned in this league and uh that type of thing so we're, we're excited to see where they go yeah, I didn't know you were with him for 11 years. That was one thing I missed out on was uh, I knew coaches go, went and saw him for spring – you guys for spring ball at Washington State. And our coaching staff was like, how can we reach out and go down there to Mississippi State? And then all that happened. And I was like, I'm not going no more. No offense. I was like, we ain't going this summer. I was like, that's – that's, you know, I wanted to see the air raid in person. But I was like, ah, we ain't going. But, yeah, I didn't know you were with him for 11 years. That's a long time. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great run, man. Got there, got there to Washington State in 2012. So eight eight seasons there, and we had a we had a four year run of nine, eight, nine, and eleven wins. You know, and it was uh, it was good times, man. Then we, then we came over here. It was, it was funny. Uh, some of his stories, man. I mean, this classic. But I mean, I remember he got uh, you know, I get these cryptic texts 
uh, about two o'clock in the morning, which is usually a good a good working hour for 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 him. You know? So I get this <laughs> text at two a.m. Uh, hey, uh, you know, is Mississippi State a good place to go? You know, that kind of thing. And we're just kind of texting back and forth on uh, you know bullet points on you know the recruiting area and obviously the SEC and those type of things. And the next, you know, I just radio silence for about twenty four hours, and all of a sudden the next day, you know, boop, get another text, you know. Hey, go to the office tomorrow and get all the files off the computer and get my stuff out of the desk or whatever. I'm like, well, I guess we're, I guess we're on the move, man. You know, and, you know, I don't hear from him again for about two days, and I'm like, I'm wondering what's going on. All of a sudden, I see him ringing a cowbell on TV, and uh, oh, that was it, man. Packed our bags, you know. That's crazy how quickly college football works. I just talked to a um, coach Nord. He's a uh, with the Raging Cajuns. He was like, yeah, when I first worked for Nick Saban. It was like I had two days to get down there, so I just threw stuff in a car and left. Like, I just threw everything out, threw it in there, and left. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could throw my stuff out. Or uh, Coach Henning, he's the online coach at Minnesota State. He's like, I was a police officer at first, had a house. I said, I don't want to do this no more. I want to coach college ball. He sold his house, sold his stuff, went up there and became a GA. And he's like, I had to live off that money because GAs were giving me like $800 a month or something. He was like, that you can't live. And he's like, I had to live off that house money. And I was like, wow, you guys have it rough at the beginning when you get going, if you don't know the mm -hmm. right people. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I was at division two school before I got hooked up with coach Leach. I was at Wingate university and, uh, just outside of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Um, Joe Reich's the head coach there. Awesome guy, man. He's, he's been there for about 20, 20 plus years. I think wins a bunch of games. His brother, his brother's Frank Reich, the head coach of the Panthers. Uh -huh. Um, but he was he was awesome. I worked with him for five years, and then I, I got a hold of Leach on just uh, a letter to his PO box address in Key West, and he wound up calling me. And then, uh, you know, hey, if you're in Florida, let me know. And then, literally two weeks later, I'm in Key West doing an island tour, pub crawl, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> till uh, till the roosters started going off at about five thirty, you know, five thirty six in the morning. So, went back down that summer, uh, hung out with uh, with him and. How Mummy, a couple other coaches, and did like a little Key West high school clinic and uh, toured Jimmy Buffett's studio and then went to a fishing trip. And I always say it's just kind of like the Hangover movie um, <laughs> in Key West, you know. Um, and then he got, the, he got the job at Washington State, and I'm trying to get a hold of him, and I, and I, I couldn't. And I told my wife, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm just going to fly out there. I mean, the guy knows who I am. We've hung out. We've kept up. Um, and see what's cooking. So I flew out like on a Tuesday, the day of his press conference. And Wednesday morning, I text him. Hey, I'm in the Quality Inn in Pullman, and he's like, "I flew in, flew out, back in Key West." And I'm like, "Son of a gun!" You know, I'm out there on like a, you know, winter break, and uh, you know, I got three little kids at the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, no, I'm gonna chase him back to Key West again. But then he he invited me back out about two weeks later, and he wound up offering me a job. But the job was half as much money as I was making. So you know, uh -huh. get the job offer and, and call my wife, and I'm like, "Hey." uh, sell the house, one of the cars, all the furniture. You know, we're heading to Pullman, Washington. You know? She's like, what's the job? I'm like, I don't know. He didn't say, actually. So we'll find out when we get there. But yeah, walked in the first day and it turned out I was his, I was his you know, QB, QC, you know, kind of his assistant, man. So yeah, yeah. Landed, in, landed in a great spot. And that was, uh, that first couple of years was really, uh, you know, just a master's education and all things Mike Leach and, uh, you know, air raid, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Was it as simple as everybody said it was, like practicing? Because I, because uh, his name's Coach Taylor. He came up with Drew Piscopo up there to watch spring ball, and I had him on here. And I said, "Well, what was one?" Because he watched How Mummy at Kentucky, even, 
And so I said, what was one of the first things you took? And he goes, I called my assistant coach. I said, tear up all of our practice plans because we're going to start over because I thought we were simple. We're not simple enough. Like mm-hmm. in everything, he goes, whatever, not even just the offense itself. It was just like how he, how you approach it. Like you have to be so simple that the, the, the players could just don't even have to think, you know, especially if it's new. Correct. Yeah. You, you want to keep those guys fast. You know, you want them to be, you know, reactive instead of them thinking and slowing down and having, trying to process a bunch of information. So I think it was one of those things where, you know, when you install it, it's, the nuts and bolts first and then there's tweaks on plays and then there's motions and you know maybe some variations but as you go through but it's a three-day install so you're hitting it over and over again so it really doesn't matter what kind of coverages get thrown at your fronts or all that stuff because there's an answer to all of it and if you keep on running the same plays over and over again um you're going to figure out you know where you're supposed to go where you're supposed to sit where you're supposed to run to uh-huh. you do that then it's a, it's almost like it's a it's hard to beat. If you kind of just stick to the blueprint, you know, you'd always get stubborn a little bit, you know, run the ball a little bit, that kind of thing, you know, but you take that, you know, there's going to be a game or two every year where you're going to, you're going to run for a bunch of, you know, a bunch of yards and, and throw for a little bit less, but that'll keep it open for the rest of the, you know, the season for you to, you know, light it up for you know a bunch of yards passing, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Something else, because you guys had to go kind of into Washington state and just kind of rebuild it kind of, you know, and, that's where that word culture gets thrown around a little bit. And I don't know if culture is the right word anymore because it gets thrown around way too much. Like, what's the culture? To me, it's the standard and people and character and everything else. And that's kind of the thing. So when I know you got there, it was kind of new. But what was – how are you guys going to rebuild that program and then kind of taking that to Mississippi State too of we, we got to build this up to something special, you know? Like, what's the first steps and how it goes? Yeah, some of those mantras were, um, you know, his team goals were, were be a team, you know, and that was just basically being selfless and, and playing for each other, um, being the most excited to play, bringing energy, right? So that not just on game day, but like into the meeting rooms and practice, et cetera, and then mm-hmm. uh, be the best at doing your job. You know, so obviously can't play everybody else's position. We just wanted you to improve yourself every day and go out there and compete against yourself to be the best player you can for the team, you know? And you give, you'd give a lug nut speech every camp about, you know, the car, what's the most important part of the car. And, you know, guys say the engine and the steering wheel. And he would just tell a, you know, a funny story about back in Wyoming with a buddy of his, who, you know, racing, racing some cars and then the wheels fell off because of the lug nut, you know. So everybody on the team's role, you can improve yourself versus the guy in that other team that we're playing to kind of elevate the whole unit. So, like, that was kind of the, the core three things there. And he was – you know, his team rules were pretty, uh, um, not a ton of them, but pretty, pretty uh, stuck by him pretty, pretty strictly with, you know, anything with, uh, with uh, female, any kind of domestic, you know, violence, anything like that. You're off the team, you cut you, um, any, any kind of banned drugs of any kind like that. And same thing there, stealing, you can't trust you, you know, we're, we're going to cut you from the team too. So mm-hmm. he was super consistent with all that. And then I always kind of describe it like there was, there was consistency in the inconsistencies, like, you know, he'd come rolling out to practice late with a with a green tee in his hand or, um, you know, he might pull the bus over on the way somewhere to stop to go, uh, you know, to go uh, talk to the farmer on the side of the road or, I mean, whatever it was. Our guys were prepared for anything that happened because they weren't uh, – it wasn't foreign to them. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, we show up to the stadium late. We didn't care. Put the ball down. You know, we uh, – the hotel was, was, wasn't was great. It doesn't matter. It's not an excuse. Put the ball down. You know, that kind of thing. So – 
there was this uh, just kind of belief that didn't matter what the score was in the game or, you know, what the circumstances were, whoever we were playing, we're going to, we're going to play our, you know, played up to our, our standard was, like you said, or our, our best effort, you know? Because mm-hmm. that, because when COVID happened, I was like, I'm interested in people's culture. And then like this off season, for some reason, it's clicked with me. Like that word just gets thrown around so much. What does it mean? And everybody has a diff. everybody says the same thing, but then people, as I've gone through the summer, started to, I think I've made people think about it. I'm like, they're like, wait a minute, you're right. Like, we all have different ways of saying things. And, you know, like, I've been around coaches that a kid walked out of practice and then he wanted to play him in the game. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, they're too worried about winning or they're too worried about looking good. And then I've been around coaches that, like, I'm not sacrificing myself for you. Like, a coach I worked for before I got there, he was like, Steve, before you got here, we were 4-4. Four and four. We win the next game. We make the playoffs. My starting quarterback isn't for the bus. He's not there for the bus, and we leave. Well, he shows up, and he's like, sorry, I was late. I was getting a haircut. And he was like, nope, the rule is you missed the bus. You're not playing. And they lost, and people were mad, and they didn't make the playoffs. He goes, but I don't sacrifice who we are and what I am for you. No offense to the kid, but but we don't sacrifice that. And I tell people that story, and they go, you're right. Like Some coaches don't live by that, and you have to live by that. Um even with the coaching staff, like if the coaching staff doesn't act that way, then it's like, okay, we got to move on and, and do those things. And so I think I've made people think about it. I've seen coaches write it down. They're like, you're right. I have to think about this and who we are. And like, we're dealing with it with the summer right now. If a kid doesn't show up, he shows up the next day, he tries to hop in that first group. We're like, nope, get out. Like that's yep. not, we're not sacrificing anything about who you we know, are. Tell you, you learn that as even in like as a young coach too. I mean, you want to, you're fiery and you're, and you're going home. And I remember a special teams meeting the one day, and it was one of those things, just a little bit too loose, you know, I just kind of mm-hmm. said, I'm like, hey, listen, anybody's waiting for this meeting tomorrow, um, you know, you're not playing. And uh, sure enough, man, next day, you know, Gabe Marks was the all-time leading uh, receiver in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. He was our punt returner. And he his car breaks down. His car breaks down, and, and he's late to the meeting and whatever, and, I'm, and I got to stick to it, you know. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out ways how I can try and, like, reverse what I said. Well, you know, this is an exception to the rule here, but really couldn't do it. We threw out a kid, uh, Caleb Foster, who was a walk-on holder, mm-hmm. you know, for us. That yeah. was kind of a sure-hand catcher. Go to the Rose Bowl. We win a game there against UCLA and uh, against uh, Josh Rosian. And uh, Caleb goes to you know, has like four returns for like a bunch of yards, and he goes off to be like a starter next year after that. And we finish up like top ten in the country on punt return with a guy that never would have happened if we didn't just stick to stick to the standard, right? Or stick to just the, that that commitment that we talked about or whatever, you know. And that was another big one, Coach Leach too. That you know, I think the big standard that you know he didn't have to say it was just it was effort. You know, it was mm-hmm. a little old lady down the street can give good effort, right? So like the only time we would actually like you know things would kind of blow up as if somebody didn't give a good effort, you know, whether, you know, up, down and guys or, you know, adding, adding some peers to practice or having to read, you know, redo plays. If they weren't giving good effort, then we were going to, you're going to make sure you get it out of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So you said you were division two before division one. What was the early coaching career before you got the jump to college? You know, I played at a division three school up in New Jersey. I played at William Patterson university. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, I first uh, got into sales. I got into sales for about a year after after I graduated, and just kind of you know wasn't uh, wasn't real satisfying. I probably made more money that year than I did till I don't know a decade later down the road <laughs> in coaching. But um, had lunch with my old head coach, and he said, "Hey, you ought to come around once in a while." And one day it turned into two days, and next thing you know, I'm quitting my job. And um, first year I got paid a thousand bucks. That was 
that didn't pay for the gas money, but <laughs> we made it work. I taught at a, I taught at an alternative high school. So uh-huh. there were these last chance deals where, you know, we got police officers down the hall and I'm, you know, I'm throwing kids in sleeper holes and stuff like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good. It allowed me to get to, to the office at a you know, pretty, pretty decent hour and uh, it was kind of flexible. So did that uh, for two years and then uh, actually went to high school for a year with that head coach, um, um, Larry Rico and, and, uh, we went to, uh, Marist high school in, in Bayonne, New Jersey, mm-hmm. went to the playoffs there, did a year of that. And then a buddy of mine was at St. Peter's college, uh, who made that run in the tourney about two years ago in hoops. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was there. Hey, you know, we're just down the road over here, you know, kind of looking for that, you know, that part-time position again, um, somebody that can kind of, you know, teach during the day and, and then, um, get here for practices, meetings, that type of stuff. So, that actually worked out. I was just down the road and uh, did that for a year. And then my wife and I were, you know, got married, but talking about having a kid in Jersey real estate and just the financials of it all. You know, we're like, we got to probably have to head south to make this work. Mm-hmm. And uh, cold called uh, some guys and got some hits back and wound up landing at, uh, landed up at Wingate with Coach Wright there for about five years. And uh, I guess in 2010, you know, we won, we won the conference that year and went a couple of rounds deep in the playoffs. And, uh, just a great place, you know, and, and you kind of get a good taste of the South about how much they love football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, go to a spring game and, and there's, there's, you know, random uh, grandma next to me who's no kids or hers are playing there. She's just watching a football game. You know, right, right, right. I'm like, I'm like yeah, this is a cool place. It's going to be a good time. So, we, you know, we loved it there. And then uh, and then the Coach Leach from there. Um, With Coach Leach, what – did you always just coach kind of quarterbacks or did you kind of have to coach different positions as it went along? Um, did you do special teams with him or is this like the first go around of like special teams? Yes, yeah, so I did. Uh, I, uh, I did special teams with William Patterson. I did special teams at the high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, not at St. Peter. I did special teams and running backs at, at Wingate, you know, while I was there. Um, so that was really my, my expertise with special teams and running backs, those, those two positions. So, um, Started with Coach Leach as, you know, the quarterbacks and his QC. Really just, you know, it was just his kind of his assistant, man. Like his, you know, mm-hmm. his guy to run the drills and, you know, stuff like that. But um, a lot of the, the film breakdowns, a lot of the nights me and him on a, you know, on a on a Sunday night till, you know, three in the morning going through the film and getting all his ideas sorted and just kind of, you know, spitballing a bunch of stuff. But big old whiteboard with, uh, you know, a tweak on a play and then good pizza places and then, you know, <laughs> Viking uh, family trees and then at another play with a tweak on it, that kind of stuff. You know? but, um, two years in, then he, he uh, you know, we had an opening of special teams and he, he promoted me onto the field for that. Um, did that for, for four seasons there. And then in, uh, in 27, 2018, we, we had a bunch of staff leave um, after, after a good season and, uh, basically everybody on offense had left. So he kind of pulled me in and just said, Hey, like I need to bring you back over to offense just to have another guy knows, you know, kind of mm-hmm. knows the system and, and can help, you know, help facilitate all this. And um, so I went to coach running backs there the last two years at Washington state. And then the first two years here at Mississippi state and the last year took back over a special teams again. I'm going to try to make a joke here and it won't be a good one. Is it boring coaching running backs for coach Leach? Cause they're not really running. They're just route running. They're not really running the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's uh it's yards per touch, not yards per rush, man. That, that was the, uh, that that's was a, my, my moniker on that, you know, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. No, I mean, all, all purpose wise. And that's the thing too, that first two years here, you know, 
led America in, in receiving out of the backfield. Yeah. Two different guys did it. You know, you're catching 140 balls. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just you know another way to touch it, another way to uh, spread out the defense and put it in their hands. But um, yeah, you know, a lot more, a little more pass pro involved than it is about uh, you know, all, you know, running in certain fronts. You know, for sure. But it's fun. It's fun, and those guys. It markets them for the next level. Obviously, that that you know NFL now has adopted a lot of uh, a lot of that scheme you know, where the, mm-hmm. these running backs will be all purpose guys. So, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but you know, I, I enjoy uh, special teams just being able to talk to you know a lot more guys and kind of and, and kind of get everybody pulling the same direction. But yeah, I, you said running backs. I was like, I have to ask that dumb joke. That that's a dad joke. I'm not even a dad yet. I'm like, I got to ask that stupid stupid question there because because I. I I remember in high school we ran the power eye option, and so like the spread being a shotgun was like forbidden. Like you didn't really do it. Then I got into coach. I was like, well, we're under center, we're under center. And then I started to branch out, and I was like, I kind of like this shotgun stuff because I remember in high school was a Texas Tech game versus Texas, and the catch to Michael mm-hmm. Crabtree. And I remember that, and I said, if I ever coach, I want to learn this. And so I remember dabbling into air raid, and I'm like. But wait a minute, air raid seems complicated. I don't want to talk to it no more. And then when he first got to Washington State, I remember a news thing, and it said the players were like, well, it's actually pretty easy. It's not very hard. And that's when I went back into it. And then somebody, a coach, was like, but but you don't run the ball. That's got to be boring. To, I don't want to coach running backs. You're not running the ball. That's boring. And I, <laughs> I what year was that? I thought it 2013 maybe when they said that to me, and I'm like, oh, you're right. And so there's my dad joke for the day. Yeah, I love a good dad joke, man. I love a good dad joke. I do a lot of all-purpose yards. That, that's the thing with those things. I mean, I ran the beer in high school. My my high school coach, we did that. But there's similarities between option football and the air raid. You know, it's funny as that sounds, man. It's just about you know getting the ball to your playmakers and and uh, some deception involved, or you can't let you know um, you know who's getting it on on a certain play. There's not like plays you drop for a certain guy. It's go, it's going to the guy that is going to have the best opportunity to make a play for you. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's uh, there is some of that you know multiple options on a play type of thing. There's 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 a good bit of that that carries over. Well, and that's the more I researched because there is no playbook. Obviously, you know there people claim there is, but I know there really isn't. But I talked to people who have dove into air raid, and they said that they're like, well, that running back has to be ready because if stuff's taken, he's getting the ball and he's got to make a play, or they get blitz, get who's getting the ball right away. It's him, mm-hmm. and that's when I was mm-hmm. like. That's true. You know, they're like, yeah, the receiver's got to do their thing, but, man, that guy's got to be ready. And then he's got to be ready if the quarterback does check it to a run play and he's got to be ready to go anyway. And so even if it's just inside zone or wide zone, whatever it was, they're like, they have to be ready. And so I get educated, like kind of like wide zone. When I research wide zone, I said it was outside zone. They said, no, 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 no. What do you want to do, outside zone or wide zone? There is a difference. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm stupid. I'm a stupid high school coach. I knows nothing, and you guys are all the smart people. <laughs> You're always learning something. That's the thing. I mean, good coaches know that you never know everything. You know everything, so got to keep an open mind, man. I, I always agree with that. Or uh, before I learned what true duo, I was the guy on Twitter saying like, "Well, is this inside zone or duo?" and trying to piss people off. And then when I finally <laughs> dove into it, they're like. I tried to make that joke, and they were like, no, it's not funny. we got to talk about duo. And I'm like, oh, my bad. Trying to make a joke. Let's not be too serious now. (laughs) Because I drew it up one time. I said, is this duo or inside zone? I drew it like on a playbook thing put on Twitter, and I was being dead serious. I was like, what do you call it? Some people call it this. Some people call it this. 
That was the most interaction on a tweet I've ever had in my life. And it was people attacking me like, you're an idiot. Look how the running back's drawn up. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I was young. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't that's know. That's why you asked the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was like, you'll know when I'm trying to stir the pot. Like, uh, this new threads thing for Instagram, I, I, I troll it all the time. I'm like, are we still threading? And that's when you know I'm trying to stir the pot. And... <laughs> Because I was 20, I'm going to be 33 in November, so I'm still young, but I feel old. But I'm like, you guys will know when I'm, this was when I was like 24, 25. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you got to help me out here. And coaches were just attacking me. And then COVID hit, and then it became wing T versus air raid. I loved reading those things. And then I was like, well, why is it air raid versus wing T? Like, what, what, like, I don't, that's my little soapbox. I was like, I don't get it. I was like. Do you realize that concepts of the air raid came from that stuff, guys? Let's just calm down for a second. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, man, just gotta have you gotta have a you know you gotta have a system or an offense in place that you can uh, you can hang your hat on, man. Something that you know don't don't vary too much from it. You know, you gotta be able to, to practice it and, and prepare and um, you know kind of kind of stay the course, right? Because it doesn't always go go as according to plan. Right, you can get in trouble when you when you try and you know you try and pick and choose or grab bag stuff and it turns into a mishmash you got to have an identity you know so you know to me like i mean obviously i love the air raid but you know shoot i love i love option football too and i love anything that kind of has their own uh their own set of rules that guys can kind of hang their hat on well that's why it'll it'll be exciting to watch you guys because the big question mark is going to be what's it going to do without coach leach and i'm like well i guarantee you're going to see air raid stuff mixed with other stuff and i'm like you don't have, don't tell me but i'm like Guys, why why is this a big question? Like, I, I guarantee, because everybody stole it, everybody's done it. Like, why is this a huge? I get why it's a huge deal, but I'm like, guys, it's gonna be okay. Like, what we're seeing in the SEC, we're gonna see at Mississippi State. Like, it's not. <laughs> I mean, they're all doing it, you know. Right. So you'll just see an extra. You'll see an extra big body out there instead of a, instead of an extra inside receiver, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those concepts. I mean, you see. Right, concepts from every offense are floating around everybody else's teams too. I mean, you know, it's a lot of copycat stuff, and um, we all do it. You know, we all kind of we, we all kind of find some stuff that we like, and then put our put our tweak on it to fit it into fit into our schemes. You know. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to be talking to you. I'm a U of I fan, and you guys beat us in the bowl game. That's that's the big <laughs> question. Hey, I see. I actually, I had my, I had my swinger sword shirt too, but I, I wore this one for you. This is the, this is the bowl, uh, ReliQuest bowl shirt here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if if Coach Bielma ever sees this, he's gonna be like, I'm never talking to that guy because at least it was a good game for my. Like, I wanted Illinois to. That was a tough game for me when I saw it was Mississippi State. I was like, oh, this is a tough one because I'm a U of I fan and I'm a Mike Leach. And I was like, oh boy, as long as it's a close game and then everything happened, but I still was a tough game. I was like, whoever wins, at least it was a good yeah. game in my, from a fan perspective, I was like, this is a good game. You know, it was. So it's funny, the funniest one that when I, I just, I, I could hear his voice because we get to the end of the game there and I'm talking to coach Arnett, you know, our current head coach here now and, uh, you know, defensive coordinator. And I'm like, Hey, I'm like, we can go ahead and spot this thing for the uh, for, for planning on kicking a field goal here, you know, which um, which we wind up doing, you know, put in the middle of the field and he, and he, and he you know punches through a, whatever, you know, 27 yard field goal, whatever it was, 30 something yard field goal. Um, 
but I can, I mean, I could hear, I could hear coach Leach, you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You know, he wanted that ball on third down going to the end zone somewhere to somebody taking a shot, you know, right. instead of, uh, instead of spotting it up. But, um, it's funny, you know, put that one through and, I, and obviously you know, he always loved to get after the kickers too, which is, which is funny, man. So that guy, that guy knocking it through was kind of, uh, a uh, little poetic justice there at the end. Yeah, I was thinking. I was. I saw that bull symbol. I was like, ah, oh, he wore that because I'm in Illinois, man. I I already knew. <laughs> but there's no hate. There's no hate between anybody. I'm like, ah, you know, if, if Illinois would have won, I might have wore that bull shirt. Who knows? You know, you never know. Uh, <laughs> I will say Illinois was down a couple players, so no excuses. But um, we'll take it. We'll take it. Then we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah, you'll take it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> And I know you're probably mad about the Alabama stuff, so I have to explain myself. I'm a coach. I'm an Illinois fan first, and I'm a fan of coaches. I knew I wanted to coach when I was 50, so I'm a fan. So early on in life, I just latched on to Nick Saban for some reason as a kid. Right? I mean, everybody probably does. So wherever he went, I was a fan of him. But when he got to Alabama and started winning, people called me a bandwagoner. So you talk about me trying to piss people off. That's why these things are hanging up. It's to piss people off like – I'm a Nick Saban guy. If he left for a different school, I'm following him. You know, this podcast, I'm a fan of every coach I've ever talked to. So I follow every single one of those. I don't just don't have a wall big enough to put all the stuff on. So I know you're mad about the Alabama stuff, but I, it's because it's Nick Saban. That is why. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. And I tell you what, I got a, I got a man wall at my house. I can't have a man cave. I got four daughters. I mean, so I'm missing a room. So I got, I got a thing just like you got with, uh, you know, bowl rings hanging in jerseys, but it's, uh, that's all I have. I got a wall, a man wall. Well, that's all I got too, because it's like an office, but we, 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 we both use it. So I'm like, I can't put everything. And so I'm just putting this up. And I was like, at least I've got Ted Lasso stuff where we all can just be okay with it. Like that's, and and I'm a Cubs fan, so I'll never see a World Series again, maybe, but I have to have that up. But, you know, I, I have to be careful. When I talked to Coach Bart Miller, he's the O-line coach at Illinois. When I first talked to him last year on this, I had to take the Alabama stuff down because I was really worried. I was like, take this down, take this down, put the Illinois thing up. I'm, I'm a little worried. And then after that, he was like, no, put it up. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank goodness. Yeah, it's, bull- it's bulletin board material for us. That's all, man. So don't worry about it. No, I'll root for you guys. It's okay. Like like I said, I'm a fan of coaches. So when I – like you, I'm going to look at Mississippi State and say, I want them to win. Now when they play Alabama, I'm just going to sit there and enjoy it. I'm going to be like, well, whoever wins. As long, and then I'll just sit there and say, as long as it's a good game. As long as it's a good game. That's all that matters. There you, you go. Because I'm a fan of How coaches. NFL, man? Who do you follow in the NFL? I'm a Bears fan, unfortunately. Uh, I do have a Bears thing behind me, I think. Yeah, there it is. There um, it is. Yeah. But I like college football more. It's mm-hmm. I think there's more coaching involved. I think there's a lot more variation to what you guys do on defense and offensively and special teams. I just feel like when I watch an NFL game, it's watching the same game over and over. I like NFL. I just I like watching coaches and very young adults grow and get after it. I, I really enjoy yes. that part of it. NFL, it's like, yeah, you're coaching, but those players are really smart. And they can help coach you too, you know. So I, I'm doing it. But yeah, I'm a Bears fan, I guess. You know, they struggle. <laughs> yeah. You know. And I'm not a Justin Fields guy either. That's that's the other part of it is people get at me for that. They're like, you're not a Justin Fields fan? I was like, no, not really. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. 
well, I want him to do well, but I'm like, hey, I got a year three. I said, if he does well this year, fine. I was like, but you know, you can't call somebody. I'm not a fan of calling them the greatest if they haven't done it. You know, like, don't let's just pump the brakes. Let them develop and grow because he came from Ohio State that does a lot of other things. Once he gets a hold of the pro style stuff. Yeah, sure. But that takes, you know, a couple years. You know, sure. I'm just the fan that takes a step back and says, well, let's just hold on for a second before we like pump the brakes here. You know, but I am excited they're going to move to Arlington. That's only 30 minutes for me instead of going into the freaking city. But that's a whole other. I hate going to the city. You know, I'm from a, my high school had 300 kids in it. So coming up to the suburbs where there's three lane roads, four lane roads, traffic, I'm like, I need my country roads. I need my tractor. I need, you know, all that stuff. See, I was, I was the opposite, man. You know, growing up, I mean, I, I guess I lived in a suburb, but I went to school 15 minutes from New York City. And my wife was from up there, too, and uh, right by like where the Meadowlands is at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of grew up there and then we uh you know north carolina a little bit of a cultural shock you know just from uh that's the first move we made then we were in pullman washington for eight years and now now here in starkville coming on you know your season four here you know so those are real just true college towns uh-huh. you know, small town living and, and the, the college is like the town and everybody's everybody's wearing the school colors and uh we're all there for the same reason you know it's, it's pretty uh it's a unique experience you know yeah i know Noah, you're gonna see Illinois, Northwestern, and uh, North Central is right here in Naperville. They've won a Division Three national championship the last couple of years, so you're seeing that all over the place. And yeah, Carbondale's here. Like you got all of these Division One AA. So Illinois is just like a melting pot of like all these colleges, and and you see it everywhere. Um, but Champaign is like the true college town, for you know, lack of better terms. It's like the true college town and Beal almost done a good job building that up but like then you're up here in the suburbs you kind of just see both it's very mm-hmm. strange in illinois in the suburbs you're gonna see northwestern you're gonna see illinois you might see wisconsin because wisconsin's right there you see michigan people and you're like oh okay this is just everybody and you know i do have a mississippi state i have a couple mississippi state shirts if i wear that they go what the hell are you wearing and i'm like well <laughs> They're like, where's that? I have a Washington State shirt because of Mike Leach, and I'll wear that. And they go, you're a fan of Washington State? And I said, again, I was a fan of a coach, so I followed him. How's the food? Uh, you hang your hat on deep dish, or what do you guys like over there? Deep dish, yeah. Uh, I just had it this weekend. Uh, deep dish is the Chicago, like, standard, I guess. Then they also do thin, but. But the thing with deep dishes, you're going to eat like one or two pieces, if that, and you're done. It's like, that's it. And then Detroit styles become big, but, you know, I've been to New York once, and I was like, well, I got to try the New York pizza. And I was like, there is a difference. I do like the New York pizza. Like I said, if you want like an actual pizza pizza, deep dish Chicago. But if you're just like, I want to eat multiple pieces, you're getting the New York. Like, that's just what it was. Yeah, I'll go there. I like a good pizza eating challenge, you know, New York style, man, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, it's only a big extra large pie. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and crush that thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, the bagels in New York are fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's, my- there's a there's a site now that actually they'll ship you stuff. You can pick like whatever region of the country, certain foods, certain places. Mm-hmm. They ship it to your house, like in dry ice, within you know, within like two days, whatever it is, 24 hours. So I'll, uh, occasionally I'll uh, I'll look that thing up and send me some kind of New York pie or some bagels or whatever, you know. Yeah. 
because my fiance's family, her, they live in uh, Brooklyn. So we visited them one time, went into the city. Well, they had a coffee shop right outside, and I was like, okay, let's see what the difference between Chicago and New York is and Brooklyn. So we go down this coffee shop, and they're like, what do you want? What do you want? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And they were just, boom. And I'm like, oh. And I wasn't even living in the suburbs. I'm still living in East Charleston, Illinois, Eastern Illinois. And I'm like, oh, you guys are like, what do you want? What do you want? Hurry up, hurry up. And I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, shit. My bad. I'm used to <laughs> slow going, you know. And then I'm like, well, why is the bagel so good? They go, it's the water. The water in the dough. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, Everybody's on the move, man. Everybody's on the move up there. You, you better have your uh, your plan, plan A and plan B going. Oh yeah, and then somebody walked us off the sidewalk. We were window, <laughs> window. Well, I realized the sidewalks are smaller in New York than they are Chicago. It, it's a it, not hugely factual, but in Chicago they have bigger sidewalks. New York, it's very small, and you got more people. So we were window shopping. We're just standing there looking at the windows. Somebody comes walking up, walks right through us, and cursed at us. And I'm like, oh, it's because. We're taking our time. We can't be doing that here. <laughs> traffic, too. Traffic. We, I took the girls out there for like a little summer vacation or whatever, and we drove into the city, and I was, uh, I had to kind of crack my neck and, and, and get ready to, uh, mm, take a roller coaster mm-hmm. ride, man. All of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm white knuckling it. There's no more, no more turn signals are, are viable anymore, and then, uh, the brakes are, are, le- are used less often as well. So you just fly around, you fly around trying to find parking spots and, uh, crazy man now, now i'm you know now it's uh there's no traffic at all i mean really i was, I was gonna say you could take your time now like oh it's 10 yeah. miles we'll get there in eight minutes it's okay <laughs> yep that was the yep. other thing when we drove to brooklyn there was cars with like the extended bumper protectors because they knew they were going to be bumping into people and i, I even said that i go why do they have the race car thing bumpers on them and and her aunt's like because you are going to bump into people it's just going to happen and i'm like Oh, and you're right. You're this close, and getting yep. over the bridge into the city was just like, and you got two of them, the bottom and the top, and you're just like, I'm like, yeah, this is a different world than even Chicago. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun place to go visit. You know, <laughs> be interesting to live there anyway. Oh yeah, I, I love visiting. I got to see, you know, went to the to the new Freedom Tower and and. Uh, um, it, we're, we went all over. The scary thing was that was 2016 when the there was like a uh, riot happening, and mm-hmm. I can't remember what happened. We got off the subway to go to see like an, a, a Beatles impersonated play, and we got off the subway, and that's when it was all surrounded. You saw New York police officers, and I was like, we should walk that way. I don't know where yeah, we're going, yeah. but we're gonna walk that way. <laughs> I, we put you know, in our walk into a mob of walk into a mob of folks. You know what the heck's going on there? Yeah, that's a good good advice by you. Oh yeah, because we got off the subway and we were like, "What's going on?" And then we got up and there was just thousands of people and police officers and vans and everything and and they're yelling at the police officers. And I'm not getting political, but it was just a scary moment. Even in like 2016 or 15, I don't remember. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know we I know the map and the ant said to go this way. Let's go that way because." <laughs> Because if we just look at somebody the wrong way, something bad's going to happen. And But it was more positive. Times Square was awesome. All that stuff's awesome just to visit and, and be around it. It's, it's an amazing city. Um, lots of cool things, but I just don't know if I could live there. Like the people that live there, God bless you. Like I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's accurate. That's an accurate assessment of uh, the Big Apple for sure. Because I was, was going to say, if you're around from that area, Starkville in Mississippi State's got to be like a like you don't even know what to do. You're like it's so easy going and slow and. Well, that's what you know. I got I got the you know teenage you know uh, daughter and she's asking about malls and stuff like that. I'm like, there's no malls around. <laughs> you got to hop in a car, go a couple hours, find find yourself a mall. That's it. Do kids even hang out at the uh, mall? Kids hang out at the mall still? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't had one now. It's going on whatever, 11, 12 years, man, in town. So I'm not sure what the – it used to be the deal back in the day. I remember we used to go in the mall, catch a movie and the yeah. food court and do all that stuff. So that was fun. That's why that when Stranger Things came out, man, they had that whole yeah. mall, food yeah. court and all that. Some good, some good nostalgia there on that show. Oh, yeah. I We brought – we just had this conversation with people. We were like, oh, yeah, you used to go hang out at the mall and and stuff like that because there's a mall here but it's not you know whatever but in the suburbs they have a couple big malls but still it's like i hear my football players and i'm asking what they're going to do and i don't remember what they said like when i was they're like what did you do i'm like we would go to the mall walk around blah blah and they look at me like i'm crazy like women just walk around the mall and i'm like oh well that's why you went to the mall come on I can teach you guys everything, man. Not just football. I can teach you about life. Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to. You're like, well, that's why you went to the mall, and the mall had a movie theater, and then you had the food court, and you had different stores. I said Hollister was big, Abercrombie and Fitch. Come on now, and they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, what's that? Yeah. Meanwhile, they're they're gonna rip off about uh, forty five names of video games that uh, you know we were playing Pac Man, and these guys, uh, you know, headsets on, and they're they're live streaming with somebody in uh, a different country, and uh, the whole thing. Uh-huh. You know? Or I don't even remember yeah. what else they do. They do something else, too. Uh, or the music they listen to. They're like, don't you know him, 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 him? And I was like, I don't even know what you just said. Like, can we <laughs> back up a second? They're like, you don't know this rapper or this hip-hop? And I'm like, no. And and the music they play, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And they're like, oh, come on, man. Like, you don't know? And I'm like, no. So you got to fully embrace the uh, going back to the dad jokes. You know, once you hit about 40, man, you just... I fully embraced as being like the old guy. I mean, I'm going to have on some 80s, you know, classic rock or, you know, just just stuff that's totally out of date or not with the times. I'm just going to just going to own it, man. You know, I can't I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> I tell them that, too. They have a speaker in the the team room. We'll let them listen to it before we talk before a game and the stuff they're listening to. I'm like, that's what gets you guys pumped up. I was like, I got ACDC for you. You know, I could find other 90s stuff that we can put in there. And because I. I guess I'm not old, but I am. I'm like, I can give you, like, I know. I was born in 1990. I'm like, I still understand. And, re- like, I was like, guys, we walked out to Hell's Bells for God's sake. Like, don't you know what that yeah. is? Or. <laughs> history lesson. Gotta give him a history lesson. We do. We do all the time. And then I'm like, guys, like, they want to bring their phones out. I'm like, guys, I have my phone too, but it's for timer to keep make sure I'm doing what I need to do. And I'm like, we had flip phones. Like the rules, keep the phone in your locker. And we were like, okay. Cause we didn't, you didn't text. You didn't do any of that dumb stuff. And like, they're like, well, didn't you do dumb stuff in high school? I'm like, yeah, but we didn't have cameras. That's why. Yeah. 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 If they did, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. We'd be, we'd be, uh, I don't know what job we have, but would it be good? I know. I was like, guys, you film yourself in the bathrooms. First of all, it's weird. Second of all, we would have been in trouble and we would not be coaching. We would have 
been in detention and failed school and <laughs> yeah that's my other soapbox i'm like you guys and these freak don't worry i'm all about social media because i think it's positive i'm all about whatever i run our social media page i'm taking pictures for the football thing i'm like it's great but the stuff you guys use it for is stupid you're doing it to whatever yeah that's a fact that's a fact um to slowly wrap it up before i get off topic even more <laughs> because that's what i'm good at is my mind hops over the place um with special teams especially at the college level who when, when you're recruiting or when you have your roster how do you look to um get the right players in the right positions like do you guys like tight ends linebackers are guys just special teams guys like how does that conversation go with because I know in high school it's it's either your best player or you're getting a sophomore in there. College I know is a little it's a whole, a whole different thing. So how do you go about piecing that together? Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's interesting. You kind of you find the right combination of uh, you know starters and then the backup players, those core special teams guys. Um, that kind of gets you to your number. But you know, Coach Arnett's great with that too. Just you know, as far as using whatever you know players we need to use. Um, to put the best guys on the field, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, I always try and just from, like, the team aspect of it, you know, if I can get every starter, obviously knock a couple of the old linemen out and a couple of D linemen type of thing. Like, if you can get, you know, you should be able to get about four to five starters per big four unit, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of covers your your one deep on offense and defense, you know. So now you're only filling another, you know, five spots when you include the specialist as, as the 11th guy. But, those next five spots, you're probably looking at, you know, four backup players, you know, four twos, you know, guys that are going to be playing significantly that we're trying to develop to, to become a starter and help them get those reps in. And then, uh, and then lastly, you have that, that kind of core nucleus of guys that are, they're on the bus, just a, you know, they're a big four special team guy, or they're, uh, you know, just a young guy that, that's a walk on guy or whoever, whoever that may be to kind of fill that last role or two, but that's their whole world, you know, mm-hmm. especially from high school to college, the amount of snaps that they get, I mean, they're, they're going to log in, you know, 25, 30 snaps in a game, mm-hmm. you know, on a Saturday if they're playing on those big four units. I mean, that's, you know, you're a significant contributor to the outcome of that football game if you're if you're one of those guys, you know. So um, always just kind of start with those those starters and just see, like, what their best unit is, you know. And I'm not I'm not kind of a dictator either. I mean, I'm going to find out what they like playing, you know, because right. that's the best result you'll get, right? I mean, we draw plays on offense or defense and say, this is a great play, but if the player's not any good at it, then it's not a great play, you know? Right. So same, same thing goes here. You know, if a, we got, you know, uh, Manuel Forbes, you know, first round draft pick for us last year. It's just Forbes, you know, what do you like best of, of those four units? You know, you mm-hmm. want to be a jammer, you want to be a gunner, you want to be on kickoff, you know, and just kind of rank those three for me real quick. And he does that. And then, then you plug him in there, you know, and obviously big games, you can always, you can always move somebody around or throw them out there for a rep here or there. But, that's kind of the starting point I would say, you know, for me is, you know, put our best players in their best positions and then we start building around them, you know, so then you, then you go to the, the backup corner. Now he becomes a jammer, you know, he's the, mm-hmm. he's the starting jammer and that's his world. And, um, you know, he's also on kickoff and he's on two units, you know, those to me after the ones that those other guys got to be, you know, probably playing on two units at least, you know, starting on two units for us. Right. And then kind of, kind of working down from there, but we had a solid, uh, probably three guys last year that didn't play significant, you know, snaps on one side of the ball or the other, but, you know, logged in close to 200 special teams reps, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and those guys, you know, you love those guys. You got to embrace those guys because they're really, uh, you know, football is all about just being selfless, great team sport. And they're, 
they're doing everything they can to help that team win football games, you know? Right. And it's kind of, special teams can get neglected a little bit too. You know, maybe not college, mm-hmm. but I know in high school it does because like I just said, you're, you're, you're going to play your starters, take it that type of level, or you're playing sophomores that don't play varsity ball. And that's their way to like, Hey, here's your introduction to varsity ball because that other team's probably going to put their starting running back back there. Their sec, the guy they rotate in to return the ball. Here you go. Here's your introduction to, to varsity. And now this is the level mm-hmm. you got to get to and stuff like that. So like we tried to figure out a way to make special teams fun because people look at special teams as a punishment. They're like, I'm on special teams. So like we're talking about, you know, like the goal stickers that they get on their helmet. What if we just make every sticker only special teams? Like offense and defense, whatever. But what if it's just special teams? Like, hey, you didn't allow a return past 15 yards in this game, so you get two stickers. Hey, you caused a fumble, you get this sticker. And I think that might help them say special teams, and then they'll realize how important it is. Or like, oh, you missed the extra point, we lost the game by one. Or like, you missed the extra point, and then we come down. And if we would have had the extra point, we win the game. Or, or whatever it is, you missed the field goal, and how more important that is. That's an idea we're taking because we're about to have our dead week next week, and then we'll go into our season. And so we're trying to figure out how to make special teams like, because we focus a lot on offense and defense. But like, if we can make special teams fun and making them earn stuff, I think mm-hmm. that will help show how important it really is. Yeah, no, we, we have a whole, we do like a whole theme, man, with ours. But, you know, game awards, you know, game awards, and guys get, you know, grenades for like, you know, big blocks or big tackles, and, mm-hmm. you know, dog tags for the, for the guy who's the player of the week. And, these guys will fight over T-shirts. They love T-shirts. <laughs> I you know. know. Different logos and, and, and kind of sayings on the T-shirts and, uh, um, you know, wrist, the wristbands. They got they got those. But just something that can kind of be a unified. Again, just like offense and defense, you want to have something they can hang their hat on, mm-hmm. some kind of, uh, you know, core values or, or you know, uh, belief, you know, in in, uh, in what you're doing that they can all kind of always, you know, revert back to, man. So, um, and, and then, yeah, I mean, I'd say from high school to college, you know, Hey man, if you're not on special teams when you get to college, like you're in jeopardy of make, not making the bus, right? Unless mm-hmm. you're unless you're a one-one, you're not on the bus, man. So you're not yeah. gonna play. So you, you better you better figure it out quick. And then obviously, from uh, college to the NFL, it's it's even more magnified. I mean, that mm-hmm. 53-man roster. I mean, if you're you know if you're not the first-round draft pick guy, I mean, you're playing on special teams, you know. Right. So um, and some of these guys, you know, we, we do a thing every year on how much you know a certain unit's getting paid in the NFL. The, whatever the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs punt team, you know, they won the Super Bowl. So it's, you break them down and how much, you know, the left tackle on punts making, how much the gunner is making. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a guy from Mississippi State, JT Gray. He's been in the league now for uh, for several years, but he is, uh, you know, he's making he's making thousands of dollars, uh, double digits per tackle on special yeah. teams, you know. Um, you know. It's crazy, but it's uh, it's uh, it's huge. You know, it's a huge thing. And like you said, it gets neglected until something, something wrong happens. But, um you know, you have, you have a direct impact on, on winning and losing, you know, week in and week out, for sure. Yeah, because when I was at Charleston High School by Eastern, <laughs> we struggled a little bit on offense, but our punt team did not give up the longest run we gave up all year. We know touchdowns all year. We gave up only 20 yard at, was the longest, and I'm like, take pride in that. And I think they, as the year went on, they actually did. Because we had starters out there, too, so they took some pride in that. But backup tight ends were on there and they were like look I ran all the way down the field made the tackle and then guess what I found a way to get them in as as a tight end like hey you know what this guy needs a break now you're in and so that's why this new school I'm out with the new head coach I've said that the sticker idea came from me I'm like let's make it fun let's make it competitive and 
you know, show them how important it is and find film from the past saying, if we would have done this, because game's about inches, if we would have done this, 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 or this, or big momentum swing last year, we finally score. We're down by like two scores. We score, we're down by one. If we just hold them on this kickoff into halftime, well, guess what? They returned it all the way to the 20 and scored again. So we're like, see, like mm-hmm. how important this mm-hmm. is. And, and so get the kids to think about it, you know, and get, and not think of it as a punishment too. Like, and that's a good point. I could tell kids, hey, you're not really getting scholarships right now, but if you show some things on special teams, maybe a college will find you and say, hey, you can get on special teams, earn some scholarship money, and then find your way to, to doing mm-hmm. something else. Yep, you know, 100%, man. That's, shoot, our last three games of the year for us last year, uh, uh, we're down the stretch. You know, Auburn, we, we returned a kick for a touchdown against Auburn, and then we have, we have to, they take the lead, we have to kick a field goal to send it to overtime. They iced us twice. Guy kicks three field goals in a row to send it to overtime. We, we want to win in overtime. Um, go to the Egg Bowl. We had we had, we had a good game on special teams there. But, again, like go-ahead field goal in the fourth. Hands team recovered the ball at the end. Our punter, uh, he had three balls inside the, the 20, netted 50 yards of punt. I mean, these things all mattered. Obviously, the, bowl, the Illinois Bowl game, I mean, it comes mm-hmm. down to a, to a kick at the end there. You know, they made their kicks. We made our kicks. It was just one of those things that, you know, again, one play. You know, one play can, uh, can mean the difference. But – um, you know, you gotta get those guys. They take pride in it. You know, that's the thing. They gotta, they gotta take pride in it and, and understand the, the responsibility that they have. You know, to, to their teammates and all that. So, you know, it starts at the top, and that's that's the thing too. You know, so you guys got to coaches got to be able to be all bought in. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky here. You know, our, our head coach, you know, Coach Ernest, that way. And then I carry that message down to our, you know, our, our assistants, and they and they do that to the players and everybody's on board. So, got to have that one. You know, everybody's got to be on the same page on that for sure. Yeah, thanks for bringing up that field goal again for Illinois. It makes me feel really good. <laughs> I appreciate oh, that. Well, yeah, I to slip that one in there. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate you being on here. It was a lot of fun talking to you. I appreciate your time. Uh, I do wish good luck to Mississippi State. Just don't play Illinois in another bowl game, and I'll be okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, man. That's what we're on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> no, but good luck appreciate to listen. Yeah, pre- Appreciate the time, man. Appreciate the time. Yep, thank you.